The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to John. The Feast of Dedication was taking place in Jerusalem. It was winter. Jesus walked about the temple in the area of the portico of Solomon. So Jews gathered around him and said to him, How long are you going to keep us in suspense? If you are the Christ, tell us plainly. Jesus answered them, I told you, and you do not believe. The works I do in my Father's name testify to me. But you do not believe because you are not among my sheep. My sheep hear my voice. I know them, they know me, and I give them eternal life, and they shall never perish. No one can take them out of my hand. My Father, who has given them to me, is greater than all, and no one can take them out of my Father's hand. The Father and I are one. The Gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. That last line, the Father and I are one, starts our reflection as a church as we go through the years, understanding the Trinity. Again, no one came on the scene and taught theology in the time of Jesus. He preached, he gave his message, and it was up to his disciples and evangelists, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, and the other evangelists who did not get into the Bible, to put it together. So that one phrase in John begins our understanding of the Father and Jesus being one, and then later on he'll tell us that we send the Spirit. So then there's a unity going on. He didn't talk about a trinity, but he did say go baptize in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. So again, it's how theology begins. After the reflection, after the history, we put it together. I don't say we. The books, popally, the voice of the people is important, how, how they react to what they've heard or read, but also the, the, the episcopoid, the, the bishops. Who were they? The original bishops were the apostles. And they started putting the theology together, and we get that in the Acts of the Apostles, but we also get it in the letters. Paul, of course, is the number one contributor, but we have Peter, we have Timothy, we have other letters and in those letters you you see the theology coming together and then as the church grows not only the theology but the application of theology to the world situation so we start developing uh, dogmas but also um, an awareness of the application of scripture to our lives as persons, as family, as society, uh, in the areas of, of justice and peace and the common good. That's always pretty much the bottom line of our theologies, all the, all the subjects of theology. The common good, praying for the common good, working toward the common good. Now right now, our world is in a really screwed up situation. Where's the common good being respected in Ukraine? Where's the common good re being respected in our own country, but there's other countries too, in the areas of the rights of women and the, and the rights, they call it a right, to kill children. 
born or unborn. The common good fades away when it's inconvenient for society. Uh, I didn't put it up on my, my Facebook page, but I, my, I was with my family in South Jersey last week, and one of my cousins is pregnant, very pregnant, <laughs> but she's due in a couple of weeks. It's going to be a big baby. But anyway, so she showed me recent images of the sonogram, and they're in color, and the kid looks just like her father. Oh, she's me, I think it's a boy. He looks just like his father. And it's so beautiful because the only thing separating that child from the outside world is the womb, is his, his protection, his natural biological protection in his mother's womb. The common good would be to get that kid born, nourished, educated, and grow and contribute to society. That would be the common good for any child in the womb goes against society sometimes and you have and I have to say sometimes they're insane uh, histrionic people who protest that we have the right as Christians as Roman Catholics to protect the unborn and we have the right and the duty to fight and preach and teach about the life of the unborn Again, society challenges us, but that's common. We've been challenged as a church since the beginning of time. But there's one phrase I want to focus in on for us to remember, because it's the reason we're here. Um, the early church, you heard, they were gathering the, the, the followers of, of the early apostles, and Stephen was brought, and he brought with him Barnabas to Antioch, and Barnabas received the grace of God in a certain way. And they focused on him. This is Barnabas. You don't hear too much about him, but it's a beautiful phrase. They focused on him because he was faithful to the Lord in firmness of heart and a good man. He focused on his faith in the Lord. And he had firmness of heart. Don't we need that today more and more? Doesn't our world need that? Regrettably, the world doesn't know Jesus. Regrettably. That's your job and my job, through our actions and our words. But as we said, in this contradictory world, the more we teach Jesus and about him, the more flock we get from protesters, from those who don't want to hear about the common good. It's a very selfish direction the world is going in. What do I want? If I'm the president of Russia, what do I want? To hell with who I'm killing, to get what I want. Land and possession and power and oil and all that stuff. Common good? Nope. My good. And people who disgrace public buildings, church buildings. It's not for the common good. Because people gather in those places to pray and to worship. No. My good is against the common good, so I'll throw dirt, graffiti, protest, and do stupid things to, to get my point across where I'm re disrespecting the common good. And you have someone like, in a very simple way, Barnabas telling us, how do I work toward the common good? Remaining faithful in the Lord 
and firmness of heart and being good men and women. How simple. But it's a challenge because it, it takes time, patience, and money to be faithful to the Lord. Because you've got to put your money where your mouth is. Because you've got to put your vote where your mouth is. So we all are challenged always just for that little, little action of common good, firmness of heart, and faithfulness to the Lord. When we pray today during Mass and all the intentions we have, that has to be right in front of us. That my, our faithfulness and firmness to the Lord is reflected when I leave here in the world. Through our jokes, through our politics, through our interaction with people, whether we like them or not. Faith in the Lord and firmness of heart. It's challenged. It's challenged. Uh, but so is Jesus Christ challenged. And God had the last word. An image of it is right here, the resurrection. He had the last word. So we know his word is the best for the common good. Thank you.